Starting with Mansion of the Hidden Souls, or The Mansion of Hidden Souls, because um, it's the Saturn version, I guess, they changed the name by adding the word the <laughs> to differentiate it from the Sega CD version. Some people might consider this like a walking simulator, I guess, but I mean, it's it's essentially an adventure FMV game. So even though I personally feel like these are fairly decent games, back in the day, um, they didn't review very well because by the time they came out, the industry was pretty much done with the whole FMV thing and they were moving on. So they didn't review particularly well as, as a result. But the Mansion of the Hidden Souls, uh, it's called Shinsetsu Yumemi Yakata Tobira no Oku ni Dareka Ga, which is roughly translated to Gently Dreaming Mansion, Someone Behind the Door. <laughs> and it came out in winter of 94 in Japan, summer 95 in, in the U.S., and it was developed by System Seicom, published by Sega. And it's actually the sequel to the original Mansion of Hidden Souls on the Mega CD where I guess in the Mega CD game, this brother and sister, they happen upon a strange butterfly and they have heard people say, don't go to this mansion, but they go to the mansion anyway. And, um, you know, suffice it to say, I guess his sister turns into, gets transformed into a butterfly or something like that. And he has to rescue her. And I don't want to spoil that game for anybody who's interested in, you know, playing the game, but in this game, basically, it's the boy, the brother, like, again, as an elder of this mansion. Like, I guess he comes back to the mansion and he has um, taken a role there as a spirit resident at the at the mansion. And apparently, um, there are several souls who have abandoned humanity to occupy this mansion in the form of butterflies, because that makes sense. And then uh, there's like a red moon that appears and it's draining the mansion's power or something like that. So you are this character. You're one of the souls in the mansion. Your name is Jun and you're called upon to basically uh, discover the mystery of, you know, why the moon is stealing the mansion's power. And what there's this unknown individual who's like going around trashing all the rooms and looking for some kind of important item or something like that. So you have to kind of figure this out. So... You know, there's not a whole lot you can do in this game other than walk around and talk to floating heads. Uh, And then, you know, there's like four items in the game that you can actually interact with um, or that you can like put in your inventory. So, you know, it's it's fairly basic. And I would say that this is kind of almost like a a test bed for what they wanted to do and what they would later go on to do with lunacy. Um I would say that despite its appearance, um, which is pretty dated, um, it's actually a huge visual upgrade from the Mega CD game, which runs at about like four frames per second or something like that. And um, you can actually compare them because they both use a lot of the same scenes and environments. Um, but I would say that it looks best on a CRT monitor or with like a scanline filter to help hide the video compression artifacts because there are quite a bit of those. And then... Um, I guess a good thing to say about the first game is that it simulates the passage of time as characters move about the mansion in correspondence to your actions. And unlike Lunacy, the characters, they don't hint very much at what you should do or where you should go. Um, So you're mostly on your own to figure those kind of things out. Um, But you can unlock each character's backstory by choosing correct dialogue options to kind of earn their trust. 
And um, it is possible to miss out on certain dialogues based on certain choices you make. So some, if you enjoy the game at all, you might consider a replay just to experience the different dialogue scenarios. And there is a mechanic in the in the Mansion of Hidden Souls. There's a fortune teller who provides you with tarot cards that basically give you hints about um, each character and the rooms in the mansion. But you actually have to like look in the manual that comes with the game to get a listing of like what each tarot card symbolizes. So you can kind of refer to that and um, you know draw conclusions, I guess you could say, or kind of figure out uh, using the tarot cards. I guess. It's almost like a hint system, I guess, you know. But then System Saycom uh, developed a, a follow-up game, which is very much a spiritual sequel called Lunacy. Well, it was called Gekka Mugenton Toriko in, in Japan, which roughly translates to Moonflower Mist Prisoner Fantasy. Okay? And then when they localized it for the U.S., uh, they called it Lunacy because, I guess, Lunacy suggests you know losing someone's mind and then it also kind of speaks to like the power of the moon so again developed by system Saycom, translated and localized by sega but published by atlas because at this time sega didn't want to they wanted to distance themselves from like lesser titles i guess at least soa and this was what spring 97 so i guess that would have been stoller so anyway, they gave it to Atlas. Atlas published it in the U.S. Um, it's one of the reasons I originally picked up Lunacy because I just wanted like all the Atlas published games. But it actually turned out to be like one of my favorite games on the console. As I said, it's a spiritual successor, so it's not like it's hard to argue that it's an actual sequel. But um, it's directed by Hiroyuki Naruhama, who would actually go on to make Deep Fear. So yet another Halloween horror kind of tie-in kind of thing. Basically, it's an adventure FMV with character dialogue and some complex puzzles. That's kind of what it boils down to. Again, at the time that it came out, some people lauded it as like a really good game, and then some people just dismissed it as a, it's an FMV. It's not worth your time because we've moved on from FMV. But I would say that aside from D and Enemy Zero, Lunacy actually stands as one of the exemplary games from this genre, which is basically a dead genre, you know? And um, the Saturn, you know, funnily enough, the Saturn has like three of these games. Um, and and th- it just does it really well, you know? So you're Fred the Traveler. You wake in a... You wake with amnesia with a strange forehead tattoo in a jail cell in a jail cell occupied by another inmate named Anthony. He's this creepy guy and he gives you insight into the town and aids your escape. I guess he's just, he has the key, you know, the whole time and he gives you the key to get out. And then this Lord Gordon guy, who's, I guess the ruler of the town or something like that. He and his goons, you know, beat the crap out of you. And they, they're the ones that locked you in jail in the first place, but they tell you that your tattoo means that you've been to this city of the moons where uh, it's a place that grants visitors eternal life or something like that. So you don't care about any of this stuff. You're just trying to figure out who the hell you are and why you're here and how you can escape, basically. Um, So the mood of this game is very atmospheric. It's very surreal, bizarre, unsettling, intriguing. I would say it's like Twin Peaks, basically. Um, And if this is Twin Peaks, then Mansion of the Hidden Souls would be more like Northern Exposure or something because (laughs) it's, you know, 
very much less so. This game is kind of kind of a bit more creepy than Mansion of the Hidden Souls, but basically the voice acting is really good, I would say. Um, it does a great job of giving you that feeling of isolation. The lip syncing is pretty poor, but I mean, it, mm. it it has that same thing going on with like Shenmue, you know, where the voice acting is pretty good, but it looks really weird <laughs> with the, the animation. Fred is a fair, fairly void of character, similar to Ryo in Shenmue. So that's fitting, I guess, because he has amnesia. Yeah, it's it's really interesting, though. I'm really I'm actually really interested in trying this out. I know I liked D quite a bit, so maybe this might be might be on my alley then. I think I think you would like it. I, I mean, I think if you have the patience for it and you can set aside a couple hours, because this game, you can get through the first disc in like an hour and a half, two hours, and then the second disc, I think, is probably like an hour, maybe an hour and a half. So it's, it's not a long game, but, you know, it, there's just so much going for it, honestly. I think, um, I, like I said, the industry was disillusioned of, about FMV games, so that factored in heavily to the negative reviews. But the music is amazing. Uh, Hideo Suzuki and Naoki Jimbo did the music. I did a music cast a while back talking about the music, and I think it's a- absolutely excellent. Like, every track in this game are great. You know, the town characters give hints and clues what to do. There's like a memory select system that allows you to go back and review conversations you've had. So even if even if you sit down and you play the game a little bit and then you save and then you don't come back to it for like a week or something, some of those games that you play, you forget what was happening. But with this, you can actually go back and review the conversations you've had so you can get yourself right back to track, you know, with what you need to do. Um I'd say that the town can be difficult to navigate at first, but it did come with a physical map. So just like the first game relied on the manual to give you the tarot card definitions, this game I would say is best played with the map so that you can just, you know, not waste so much time trying to figure out where things are in the town. Um, so you can download that on GameFAQs or something like that. And then um, there's two discs. So, you know, once you get through the first disc and i don't want to spoil anything for anybody but it really becomes halloweeny towards the next towards the second disc where everything gets turned upside down and there's like man-eating carpets and (laughs) i don't know there's there's like crazy puzzles and rooms that kill people so yeah well you definitely got me intrigued yeah I, i i think i think that um you know it's one of those things where i i often feel like i have to defend this game because it's an acquired taste and some people are just not interested. Some people, it's just not their cup of tea. They want, you know, shmups or they want like Twitch gameplay. But um, if you like film, if you like, you know, David Lynch, if you like creepy, weird stuff with um, strange vibes, this game is great. Um, it, it actually does have a story to it. By playing these two games again, I really found that... Um, there's a lot that ties the two games together. There's like, they both have this urgent theme of escape. They both deal with like the, the theme of like resistance and then also acceptance, kind of like giving in and just kind of going with, going with the flow, I guess, or just accepting fate. They both have large mansions. They both deal with souls incarnated as butterflies. They both have a huge importance on the number four. And it comes up over and over and over again. The fa- the famous Japanese number she for death. Uh, yes, yeah. It's, uh, and then I mean, 
it, it plays it, it plays throughout this whole both games like so heavily. There's so many things that are in the number four, and I actually started noticing it more on my second playthrough. Um, so thanks, Pat, for mentioning that. Yeah, because I, yeah. I hadn't even thought about that. But um, yeah, that's unlucky number in Japan. They actually don't have fourth floors in Japan for that same reason. Right. But we also yes. don't have thirteenth floors. So imagine yeah. if a, bu- a building in America exists where there's no fourth and thirteenth floor. That'd be kind of funny. It would be confusing. <laughs> And uh, okay, so a few more things that the souls incarnated as butterflies. It's it's a big deal because it was in the the Sega CD game, then it was in Mansion, and then it was in Lunacy, and it's kind of this thing that ties them all together. I guess System Sacom had had a thing for butterflies or something, but they also deal with like the power of the moon and with the full moon coming at like the fourth month or something like that. I don't know. Anyway, transportation through paintings and mirrors. There's a collector in both games. There's a there's a character called the Collector, and he has an entire room filled with deceased butterflies. So if the souls are incarnated as butterflies, but this guy's got like a room filled with deceased butterflies, I don't really know what that says, but it's kind of creepy. And then um, the quest for eternal life both deal with that in some way or another. And um, that collector is uh, I'm not gonna spoil it for anybody and say who it is but the collector in lunacy he is the only one he's the only character in the game who does not have the forehead tattoo like at the end of the game when um when fred finally figures out how to flood the town flood misty town with mist um and the town gets flooded with this red mist everyone gets sent to the the uh, city of moons which is the second disc and when that happens, everyone has the forehead tattoo, which is, I guess, uh, proof that you've been to the City of Moons. You you get this mark on your forehead. But the Collector is the only one who doesn't have that mark. You know, it's kind of weird. Out of context, that sounds extremely crazy and like a fever dream. Definitely. The ending of Mansion of Hidden Souls is very much a fever dream in and of itself. But then Lunacy, the entire game, is kind of a fever dream. And uh, I would definitely say that's an apt way to describe it. But yeah, so I would probably have to play the game a couple more times to try to like figure out what exactly is going on because there's so much suggested. Um, and again, it could just be like crazy Japanese guys trying to make an off-the-wall story or whatever. But I just feel like there's so many different layers of inception, so to speak, with these games um, that taking it face value they seem very like plain it, it and that that's the thing is i think most people take these games at face value they're just like oh, okay that's a walking simulator or okay it's a adventure fmv game you know next but um there's a lot going on with these games for sure so i don't know if i would say that it's good or bad it really kind of depends on on who's playing it you know whether you like this kind of thing or not but i definitely think that it's worth a playthrough for sure the soundtrack to Lunacy is phenomenal. It really is. And, you know, the cool thing is that the two guys that worked on this soundtrack, they didn't have any other soundtrack credits to their name. They had done coding, like programming for games. They had done Foley effects and like sound effects, but neither of them had ever done any kind of game composition. At least according to like their Moby credits, 
So this is like the only thing. One of them, Jinbo, I think, has a 2017 game composer, you know, on on his credit. So finally, he ended up doing like another game way down the road. But um, like at the time, they didn't have anything. So and to to do such an amazing soundtrack, you know, to me, I think that that's just that's amazing. Uh, would you prefer Mansion of the Hidden Souls on Sega CD or Saturn? Okay, I so one people should check out. Okay, I have not played Mansion of the Hidden Souls on Sega CD, but um, who was it? Uh, let's see. I think our friend Genovi did an amazing video on it. Okay, so check out Genovi's video. I'll be honest with you; just watching videos on YouTube of this game make me nauseated because it runs at like four frames a second. So it is, it is terrible. Like it runs at such a f- slow frame rate that I just don't know if I could get past that. But the truth is they're two different games. They really are two different games. Um, and I very much stand behind saying that I think the Mansion of Hidden Souls on Saturn is really a sequel to Mansion of Hidden Souls on the Sega CD. So if you like the games and you want to know the full story, I would say go ahead and play the Sega CD game first. But um, it's it's hard to say. So they, they both take place in the same mansion, right? So when people see screenshots of the games, they just think that the Saturn game is a remake. When really the Saturn game is Jonathan having gone back to the mansion as an old man. And he has taken on the spirit of a butterfly and he's the guy that you talk to at the beginning. He's like the floating head that tells you like everything's wrong with the mansion and you need to go figure it out with Mike. Um, so wow. yeah, it's it's definitely a second game. I'm interested in playing these now. This sounds super interesting. Just, I would say for you, Pat, probably just do Lunacy, honestly, because then you'll have a really good first impression. I would say that it's one of those things where if you like Lunacy, you might persevere with Mansion. But probably not the other way around, because Mansion, the Mansion of Hidden Souls on Saturn is a much simpler game. Um, mm. There's not as much to it, and that's why I said it was kind of a test bed for these guys, because I think that they they did the best they could on the Sega CD, and then the hardware changed, right? So they had to like come to grips with the Saturn hardware and developing on that hardware, um, and I think that there were a lot of things that they improved. So they were like, oh yeah, you know, we can do graphics better. We can do, you know, FMV better, but like they still hadn't really gotten their chops down as far as a game developer on the Saturn. And then when Lunacy came, that was really, that was really it for them. Um, realizing their vision and, and the engine and everything for how it works. Lunacy is a just much more polished game and it's a much more like flushed out complete game. Yeah. That's my recommendation. For sure, though. I think it uh, looks kind of kind of interesting, and, it, and I'm actually shocked that all, all of those versions came out in the U.S. on Saturn and the Sega CD. Yeah. It's such a weird game. It really is, and I don't know. I like, uh, seriously, they, there are so many great games that didn't come out in the U.S., and then this comes out. I really couldn't tell you why they decided to... to green light this but um i'm glad they did unfortunately the u.s version is very expensive it seems to me um having gone on ebay recently it's like trying to get a complete copy is 
is it's pretty up there. But I definitely recommend folks just burn it and enjoy it. I have a lunacy or mansion of hidden souls. Oh, lunacy, um, uh, mansion of hidden souls is pretty cheap, but lunacy is it's it's lunacy to buy a copy. <laughs> Let's just say that. Uh, is, do you think it's worth the price tag? It was worth it to me, but I got it a lot cheap. I got it years ago for a lot cheaper. Now I don't even know how much it goes for. I know it's over a hundred bucks. And it's like um, 308. Oh wow. Okay, yeah. I was thinking it was like two fifty. No, if it's over three. So I mean, it's two discs, a map, a manual, um, and then you get like the. It's got the old style plastic insert that give you know you put the second disc on. I don't think. I mean. I think it's a worthwhile experience and I think most folks will just do well enough to burn a copy and play the game so that they can say they played it. Um, it's one of those games where you sit down and you, it definitely grips you all the way through to the end. And because mm. it's like a four hour sitting, um, anybody can do it if, if they're interested and it's, it's weird enough and creepy enough that I think that it, it keeps you going until the end. There, the the city of moons though it can be kind of confusing. Um, there's like two towers, and then there's a central hub that kind of connects the towers. And so, if you can download a copy of the map, I highly recommend it because it's so easy to get lost. But once you get over the whole navigation thing, then it's kind of a piece of cake. I was curious to know if Peter had played it. I have given it a try, and. I think it is sort of the state of the art of full motion video on the Saturn. You know what I mean? Like that's as good as it got. Things better than D. Um, I think mechanically is better than D. And what I mean by mechanically is like, they got a better flow. There's, you know, the inventory screens are nicer. Like the video is clean, you know, it, it mechanically, I think it's the best full motion video game you can get. But um, to your point, Dave, I think it's very artistic and you have to really be into this type of game to enjoy it. And I liked it. I really enjoyed it. But I, I also know not everybody will. Mm -hmm. It doesn't have any load times, though. I will say that. It's like they figured out how to kind of mask the load times mm -hmm. into the movement. Like as you're moving to the next scene fluidly, it's loading the, the following options of where you could go. So it like has, I would say it has virtually... Or seemingly no load time so that's cool i wanted to say that you made it sound incredibly interesting um was it at all mentioned that the european ver like name of it is Tarico? uh no i didn't mention that but i should so yeah the original title was the uh, gekka mugenton Torico, and Torico just means prisoner or captive and so the European version, the title is basically just Prisoner, which I think is kind of generic. But yeah, so they just went with Torico because maybe they thought that was a cool sounding word. But taken by itself, it just means Prisoner. So it doesn't, it's, it doesn't suggest as much as like Lunacy. Lunacy is actually a really good localization of a title because it has a double entendre, you know, with the moon and then like going insane. Or, you know, he starts out the game by saying, where is my mind? Makes you wonder. Do you think they'd ever release a like a a subversion? That'd be kind of a cool fan project to do. Of what? What do you mean? Of lunacy? Is it is it English dubbed or is it actually in no? Japanese? Yeah, it's English. It's it's kind of oh. like it's kind of like Shenmue. You know, like they they did they got English voice actors, 
And actually, the the voice actors are really good. I have to give them a lot of credit. Like they they deliver their lines believably. And if you're closing your eyes, it's totally. I could totally buy it. It's just that the animations, you know, the stiff animations, kind of make it a little bit. You know, it, it's kind of like Shenmue. What can I say? You know, where the people where you're talking, and and you know the little old ladies, their lips are moving, but it seems like they're saying other stuff. You know, so. It's just a little dated in that, in that means. But at least the voice acting is good. It's not like Resident Evil, you know, where the voice acting is really bad. <laughs> I beg to differ. The voice acting in Resident Evil is great. Well, it's so bad that it's really good. <laughs> yeah. And that was the excellent track 11 from Gekamugen Tontoriko or Lunacy by Hideo Suzuki. Next up, we've got one of my favorite tracks that I'm going to share with you. And this is the introduction to the Mansion of Hidden Souls. This was by System Seicom, and I believe it was composed by Hideo Suzuki and Naoki Jimbo 
though it's credited to System SACOM's SSD. Um, but later games like Lunacy would be credited to those two, and it's got a very familial vibe, so I think that it's the same guys. Um, but that said, this song isn't necessarily haunting as much as it is kind of uh, enchanting. It's got this feeling where you know that you're not supposed to go in this mansion. You know that it's a bad idea, but this this music, it beckons you, it calls you to come against your will. And of course, we know that those who enter are turned into butterflies and then they have to roam the corridors of this mansion, you know, for eternity. Um, but yeah, it's just got, there's just something to this, you know, with the strings and the and the full, you know, the orchestration, of course, it's digital, but it's just got a great vibe to it. And I think you guys are going to love this track. So again, this is uh, the introduction to the Mansion of Hidden Souls by System Sacom's SSD. Again, that was the introduction to The Mansion of Hidden Souls by System Sacom's SSD. Next up, we have a track from one of my favorite games on the Saturn. It's probably my second favorite game on the Saturn, which is Lunacy. And this is the title theme from Lunacy. It's just a beautiful track. And again, this is System Sacom composers uh, Hideo Suzuki and Naoki Jinbo. And while it's not exactly spooky or haunting, it definitely is like mystical, ethereal. It has this vibe to it that's very similar to the Mansion of Hidden Souls, again, by the same guys. And, um, you know, it does what it needs to accomplish, which is make kind of draw you in and just make you feel like uh, you want to know more. It, it's just there's just something about this track when you fire up the game for the first time and you see, uh, you see the rows, you know, and, uh, there's just something about it that definitely like draws you into the game and makes you feel like uh, there's a lot to discover in this game, and, and there certainly is. So here's a track. This is the main title theme to Lunacy or Gekka Mugenton Toriko, one of my favorite games on the Saturn, and I hope you enjoy it. Thank you. 
And again, that was the main title theme to Lunacy, or Gekka Mugen Tontoriko, from Hideo Suzuki and Naoki Jimbo.